three for the win. He hits it. The three for the win NBA podcast brings you the latest team and player analysis from around the NBA. Welcome to another episode of the three for the win NBA podcast. I'm your host, Pete Toll, and in this episode, we're going to dive into part two of the NBA offseason, kind of a mixture of free agency and some depth chart projections. Uh, So today we're going to do the Houston Rockets through the New York Knicks in alphabetical order. And first up is the Houston Rockets. And the Rockets had a good offseason, in my opinion. They keep their youth, but then they sprinkle in a little bit of veteran uh, leadership. They get Daniel Tice. I think it's a little bit high of a contract, though. Daniel Tice, four years, $35.6 million contract. And that's a lot for a power forward center. I think he more or less plays the center spot. And then you have Christian Wood can kind of slide over to the power forward. Um, I think just because Christian Wood's build is a little bit lankier, I think it ends up, you know, kind of being Tice that plays more at the center spot and then is able to kind of roll to the rim, things like that. Whereas with Christian Wood and his shooting ability, not that Tice can't shoot it, but Wood shooting the three, um, you know, can help the Rockets. And then, of course, you have the development pieces that they kind of put around them um, in the in the young rookies. And looking at what else the Rockets did as far as so far in free agency, they brought back David Nwaba, you know, wing defender, can guard basically all three perimeter um, positions as well as the power forward spot in a pinch if they had to go small. Three-year, $15 million contract. Like I said, he's going to be defense, can shoot the three occasionally, but basically just there to be a perimeter defender. So looking at the draft picks that Houston got, the second overall pick, Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green is going to be really, really good, really, really fast. Um, Is going to be able to be a star that the Rockets build around early and Looking at Jalen Green's first summer league game, and yes, I know it's summer league. We can't dive into summer league performances, you know, and and go all crazy with them. But Jalen Green looked comfortable. Obviously played in the G League last year. He's able to shoot it from three with a nice little step back and drive the lane, pull up from mid-range, things like that. He's just got to get stronger. Um, as far as his body goes but I like green there I think green we'll talk about the depth chart in just a minute but I think green slots easily into the small forward spot uh, a little bit taller than Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, The second pick that the Rockets got Alperin Senjin and he is a center that is able to post you up a variety of moves down low can draw fouls, you know, really well. Can rebound it well. Um, not the greatest pick and roll guy. Not the greatest one-on-one defender. But I like Sinjun um, a lot because he is going to be the center of the future. You. That's why I kind of slotted Christian Wood over at power forward. I think eventually, you know, Daniel Tice will become the backup. And then Alperin will, will step into the starting center spot maybe later in the season or next year, depending on how fast his rise is um, as far as a rookie. Next, they drafted Josh Christopher. And Josh Christopher, to me, is going to be more of a scoring project. Um, as Cable to come in, I think he'll be in and out of the rotation his rookie year, kind of on the wing. Um, I think that you know he's got good scoring instincts. He's just got to hone in those scoring instincts, a little raw, rough around the edges, and once he gets a little bit more comfortable, I think he can help them out. Um, and that would also help the Rockets further move on uh, from Eric Gordon. Um, I think right now you keep Eric Gordon as a veteran, um, a proven shooter on the team, and then you let Christopher develop. Once that kind of ramps up, then you can look to move Gordon um, and, and move on from there and have Chris. Christopher backup Porter Jr. and Jalen Green a good bit. Usman Garuba, fresh off the Olympics. I think he's going to get us at least one or two summer league games in. I do think he comes over. There was question about whether he would come over to the NBA this year or not. 
I think he's going to come over and play. Um, obviously, he's raw on the offensive end, but defensively, he's already to me, in my opinion, just what I watched in the Olympics, you know, able to come right in in the NBA and defend. He can move out to the perimeter for bigs that shoot threes. He can cover that as well as inside. He, you know, has the strength to bang inside and and play as defender one-on-one. And then rebounding does very well uh, in that area. So I think the Rockets have a good collection of guys. They're not going to win a ton just because they're young, but I think they could surprise some some teams on, on some nights, just the athleticism they have across the board and just the scoring prowess from various guys. But looking at their depth chart, I think right now John Wall stays. He's their point guard um, backed up. DJ Augustin, I don't know if the plan is to have Augustin, you know, be there uh, long term, but it is what it is right now. And then Kyrie Thomas is fighting for a roster spot. He can play point guard, shooting guard, um, so you can kind of mix them in either way. Don't know that he makes the team just because I think – there's a lot of guards already on this team, um, but if he does, maybe it's a, a two-way contract, uh, one of the second two ways, because Matthew Hurt has the first two ways. So we'll see what happens with Kyrie Thomas. Kevin Porter Jr. gets the shooting guard spot. Now, you can interchange Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, shooting guard small forward, just depending on what you want to do. I think Jalen Green's a little skinny, so if you wanted to play him as shooting guard, you could. Um, Porter Jr. is a capable scorer. I like him. Him in the starting lineup. Um, I I really like him just because John Wall's there. I like him more as the sixth man because I like the shooting ability of Eric Gordon in the starting lineup a little better. But I like Kevin Porter as a long-term starter once they figure out what they're going to do with John Wall. But I mentioned Eric Gordon. He slots in behind Kevin Porter Jr. You know, shooter off the bench, good veteran, will provide quality depth on the team. Josh Christopher backs them up. Uh, that's kind of how I have it slotted right Right now, he could shift over to small forward as well. David Nawaba can interchange between small forward and shooting guard. And then you have Armani Brooks, who they liked as a shooter last year. Um, I think that he has a chance to fight for a roster spot as well because he shot it well and um, they really like him from what I'm told. Uh, Small forward spot, like I said, Jalen Green occupies that. Backed up by Jay Sean Tate. I think Tate is interchangeable at small forward and power forward. Um... I think he'll get more minutes just because of um, the, the way the team's constructed more at the small forward spot. And he's 6'4", so it kind of puts him in a better position. He's quick enough to guard small forwards um, and quick enough on offense to get by defenders. Uh, David Awaba, I have slotted in at small forward. Like I said, he can flip-flop with Josh Christopher on how that kind of shakes out. And then Daniel Ta- House is on the team as kind of a holder holdover. And I obviously don't see a place on the team for Daniel House. I think he could be a trade candidate uh, before the season starts or just cut outright. Um, I just don't see how he fits on this young team, but that's just me. Daniel Tice and Christian Wood up front, those are interchangeable. Tice did play power forward in Boston, so essentially he could be the power forward with Wood the center. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr., a.k.a. K.J. Martin, as a lot of people like to call him, he backs up the power forward spot. I think he showed tons of flashes last year. Athletic, um, good, you know, decent defender, as well as an improving three-point shooter. So I just like what he brings to the team, especially in a backup role. Matthew Hurt on the two-way contract. Stretch four, not going to play a ton. Don't expect him to, but he is going to be able to, to kind of improve under Rio Grande Valley. Uh, he's going to play there a ton in the G League, and so I think that's the best spot for him. And then they have Anthony Lamb as a holdover from last year. I don't know that he makes the roster. You know, he did okay in, in his spots that he played for Houston last year, but just the amount of bigs and interchangeable guys that they have, I don't know that there's a spot for Anthony Lamb on the team. Like I mentioned, um, Senjin and, and Garuba previously, I kind of had them slotted in both at center. Garuba may be interchangeable to power forward and center, but I think just given right now his offensive limitations, I think he's better suited as a center, even though he is undersized. Um, we'll kind of see how this roster shakes out as we get a little bit further into the offseason. And just as a, as a note to everybody, I will be doing – um, team season previews where I dive into each of these guys uh, pretty heavy into all 17 guys on the team um, and then basically kind of sh- 
you know, highlighting their strengths and weaknesses, where they're going to fit on the depth chart, just kind of how the season looks for the team as a whole, um, things like that. So that sums up the Houston Rockets. And then moving on, we have the Indiana Pacers. And the Pacers, I thought, and they still might do this, but I thought they were going to make a deal for um, to, to move off of Miles Turner and then slide everybody up a little bit. So TJ Warren essentially would have went to power forward with uh, Demonis Simonis as a center, which they could still do that. I think that's just a better fit. I don't like the too big fit with Sabonis and, and Turner there, but um, they bring back TJ McConnell and, you know, pretty much it was a lock. He was coming back. Four-year, $33.6 million deal. That's great for McConnell. He really helps that second unit, keeps it stable. Good ball handler, good defender. They also get a good defender on the wing and, and a, up front. He's interchangeable. And Torrey Craig, two-year, $10 million deal. Comes over from Phoenix. So those are the moves that they made so far in free agency. Um, I'm not counting kind of the camp guys like Kiefer Sykes, Terry Taylor. Those were some moves, but I think those moves are geared towards getting those guys, uh, you know, to Fort Wayne for the G League. um, And that's where they'll go with those moves. But um, they also get Dwayne Washington Jr. combo guard on a two-way contract and I believe they're going to bring back Cassius Stanley on a two-way as well so that'll be good to see Stanley uh, come back I hope he gets more playing time I know the plan last year under Bjorken was to get him more playing time and then it just never happened Uh, so I know management's high on Stanley so we'll we'll see if he gets an opportunity this year but uh, looking at the draft obviously they made a trade Aaron Holiday went to Washington and then they get back Isaiah Jackson and Jackson projects in for me as a center, um, just limited offensively, but able to catch lobs and rebound, block shots, those kinds of things. So good third backup. And then Chris Rarte, who was one of the seniors in the draft that a lot of people saw climbing pretty heavily. A lot of teams wanted him. Um, He's their other draft pick, and I think he's going to get playing time right away. So Looking at the depth chart, kind of how I have it right now, Malcolm Brogdon slots in at the point guard spot, backed up by TJ McConnell. And then you're going to see a mixture of Edmund Sumner at point guard, shooting guard, and small forward to kind of rotate his minutes around just so he can see some time in the rotation at some point. But um, Dwayne Washington Jr. is slotted in technically as the third point guard for me right now. Karis Levert is back and fully healthy, so he slots in at the shooting guard spot, back up by Jeremy Lamb, who is returning. Um, you know, Lamb basically slots in as your de facto scorer off the bench. Uh, I've got Sumner behind him, and then Stanley. Uh, they're kind of sprinkling in some minutes when he's not in the G League. Um, hopefully, as the season goes, they'll make a move or two. Stanley can climb up that depth chart if he's showing good flashes of, of play. So we'll see what happens. TJ Warren slots in at small forward, backed up. I have. Chris Duarte slightly beating out Justin Holiday right now. Um, I think because Holiday is interchangeable in so many positions, I think they try to find a way to get Chris Duarte on the floor pretty early and then kind of move uh, Justin Holiday around just to get him minutes as well. So it's not like either or ahead of each other. Um, I think they're both right there and capable of being in the rotation. Um, I just think they got to find playing time for Duarte because he is 24. He needs minutes and he doesn't have, he's not like 19 years old and, and has a lot more room uh, to, to make mistakes. He's, he's basically drafted to come in and play right away and, and not make some of those mistakes a 19 year old would make. They have Kalan Martin um, on the team. I don't know that Martin sticks on the team long term uh combo forward he could play a little bit of shooting guard um i just don't know how he fits with so much of the wing depth that they they have on the team so we'll see what happens uh power forward you got demontis sabonis i have tory craig backing him up just because i think craig was signed to be that defender he's versatile enough to play both forward spots and be effective on defense o'shea brissett showed extreme flashes last year of being able to to knock on the door of being in the rotation and I think that he he does that again this year he continues progress and eventually he'll find himself in the rotation towards the bottom end of the year Miles Turner slotted in at center. Uh, Turner is is able to kind of stretch the floor more. Uh, Sabonis is more to the basket. So that's a you know interesting combo. I just don't know how they play off 
of each other as an entire season goes, but we'll see if, if the Pacers plan to make a move or not. Next is Goga Batazde. Um, Batazde was more famous last year for getting in an argument with former assistant coach Greg Foster than anything else, but Batazde can play inside, uh, shoot the three if he needs to, play just a small amount of defense, and uh, he'll slide in at the backup uh, behind Miles Turner. And then lastly is Isaiah Jackson and Jackson to me is more of a project. He's a rim running big that can catch lobs, block some shots, but he's going to pick up a lot of fouls and a lot of fouls quickly. Um, that's just kind of how I see it. But um, he'll be here to to play and obviously will play extensively in the G League as well. So I like the Pacers. Um, kind of what they did. They didn't go too flashy, but they filled in some roles that they needed on the team. Next up, we have the LA Clippers, and their offseason revolves around re-signing some guys and then the draft so far. So looking at kind of what they did, um, they went the approach of, okay, Kawhi Leonard's going to be out likely for the season, so we've got to kind of build around the guys that we had success with last year. Um, Let's see how that's going to work in the grand scheme of things. So they bring back Nicholas Batum, two years, $6.5 million deal. I like that because Batum can alternate between, depending on matchups, starting at power forward, being the backup of power forward behind um, Morris and I like that just because it, it keeps them versatile. You know, Marcus Morris showed flashes through last season of, of being able to be a starter, and then there was games where he wasn't effective where Nicholas Batum stepped up. So you have alternating um, lineups that you can play them both in. So I like that. They also bring back Reggie Jackson, two-year, $21.6 million deal. I love that because Reggie Jackson is going to be able to be the starting point guard or technically the starting shooting guard, how you want to look at it. With Kawhi out, there's a variety of lineups that that you could play because technically Reggie Jackson could play the shooting guard spot. You move up Paul George to the small forward spot and then you're playing Patrick Beverly at point guard or you could go Reggie Jackson at point guard, start Paul George at shooting guard and then alternate between Justice Winslow, who we're going to talk about in a second, and Terrence Mann at small forward. So we'll see kind of how that lineup goes um, as the as the season gets closer as we get to training camp. But speaking of Justice Winslow, He comes in on a two-year deal. I like it for Justice Winslow because he can rehab his value, gets playing time, fits in a perfect situation as a, basically as a point forward now, and then he can still defend. So I like, I like how he kind of just fits with the Clippers, how their style of play is um, under Ty Lue. You technically get back Serge Ibaka, who picks up his option. Ibaka should split time, of course, with Ivica Zubac at center. Um, and then you have the rookies, who I'm not expecting a ton out of. You've got Keon Johnson, Brandon Boston Jr., and then Jason Preston. Um, Preston, I think, gets the least amount of time just because he is at point guard. He's more of a you know pass-first guy, and they already have that in Rajon Rondo. I think he learns under Rondo this year plays a ton in the G League, and finds a bigger role next season. Keon Johnson, I think, plays a little bit more spot minutes because I don't trust Luke Kennard all season because I think he'll be in and out of the rotation, um, essentially, as he was last year. And so those out-of-rotation minutes, they could take a look at Keon Johnson a little bit. Not that I think Keon Johnson plays a ton, but I just like the upside there of Keon Johnson. Uh, Brandon Boston Jr., I think plays most of his time as he develops more in the G League. He's more of a project, uh, in my opinion. Showed flashes, but showed inconsistency as well last season in college. Um, So kind of how I see the depth chart breaking down for the Clippers. I've got Reggie Jackson starting at point guard, backed up by Patrick Beverly. And then Rajon Rondo is the third point guard. Um, It's bound, there's bound to be injuries somewhere. So, you know, say Beverly goes down, Rondo slots up. Um, And then Jason Preston uh, as the, the four string, essentially a point guard. Um, I've actually got Terrence Mann at the shooting guard spot. Um, And then he's backed up by Luke Kennard, Keon Johnson, and then Jay Scrub, who I think they bring or they're going to bring back um on a two-way he signed a two-year two-way so this will be his second year on that um i just like the fit of man at shooting guard i just think he you know obviously showed tremendous potential 
throughout last season, especially when it came to the playoffs, hit some big shots. And and then Paul George can slot in at small forward, um, backed up by Justice Winslow, who essentially could take the six-man role, in my opinion, eventually, um, if he's healthy. I think he's that good um, that, that he can do that. And then you're backed up uh, from there with um, Brandon Boston Jr. And then obviously Kawhi's hurt. I don't think Kawhi comes back at all next season personally, unless somehow, some way, the Clippers shock the world um, and end up with one of the top two seeds, and then you know basically get an easier opponent in the first round. I just don't think he he risks it um, just because of his past history with injuries, and then just obviously the value to the franchise that he holds, and then personally he wants to prolong his career, so that make no sense to rush him back. Power forward, like I said, I think Batum and Moore split that time there. I think they do need to go out and get one more guy uh, to fit into the power forward spot because the only bigs they have on the roster are Morris Batum, Abaka Zubach, and Daniel Toro, uh, who played very limited minutes last year. Um, Abaka's fine, but he's injured, uh, has that back injury. Um, I, I think he's healthy enough now, but you don't know if he's going to go down with another injury. Zubach looked okay in the starting lineup, um, but often teams go small, which makes him kind of um, playable in situations so we'll see what happens but Daniel Oturo I think is another year with with going to be heavy G League minutes and doesn't really have a defined role um, he could kind of slide over to the power forward spot but I think they need one more veteran there to to kind of fill out that role there for the Clippers next up is the Los Angeles Lakers and boy did they have a big big offseason so far obviously the Russell Westbrook trade is the big news Westbrook comes over they get the veteran superstar that they wanted to pair with LeBron James and Anthony Davis but then they go out and sprinkle the team with veterans um, and I like actually the Los Angeles Lakers roster Um, I think they're still a little thin at the center spot but Overall, I like the moves that they made. Um, obviously, with the draft, um, they traded out of that pick, which essentially was um, Isaiah Jackson. And then there are two ways signed pretty quick uh, right after the draft. Joel Ayi, um, combo guard, and then Austin Reeves, who's a, a shooter. Um, those guys, obviously, G League, they're not going to see the floor very much at all because of the veteran-laden lineup. But just looking at how stacked this team is. So you got Russell Westbrook at point guard. Backed up by Kendrick Nunn, who took less money to come to the Lakers and play. He's going to have a substantial role um, behind Westbrook. Then, looking at the shooting guard spot, you have a variety of options. You've got Malik Monk, who I really like, who I have penciled in as a starter. Backed up by Kent Bazemore and Wayne Ellington. Ellington's a shooter. Bazemore is kind of the 11th, 12th man that's good locker room presence. Um, Solid defender. um, Okay shooter. Um, so they have options there. Then, obviously, you have LeBron at the small forward. I have Taylor Horton Tucker backing him up just because I think Horton Tucker sees a substantial uptick in minutes, and that's a good way to get him on the floor. So that way you still have the shooting of Ellington off the bench, but then you can play Horton Tucker as well. Um, and then power forwards, Anthony Davis, backed up by Carmelo Anthony, who's finally made it to the Lakers after years of speculation. And then Trevor Ariza, who can slide in at small forward as a backup as well as power forward. I'm still a, a you know above average defender, can hit the corner three. Um, so I like that there. Then the center spot, they bring back Marcus Saul, who I think starts um, games. And then Dwight Howard returns to the Lakers after a year with the 76ers. Dwight Howard's going to do the same thing, get some rebounds, rim run, get some dunks, things like that. Um, so the Lakers team to me is the favorite um, in the Western Conference as far as where you would project them. But just based on the lineup, a lot of people are like, oh, they're old. They're not going to do anything. You know, wait till the the regular season wears down on them and the playoffs come. I think they'll be fine. Um, Westbrook's the only thing I question as far as the shooting in the playoffs. But as far as the regular season goes, the Lakers are going to be more than fine. Um, I still think maybe they have one more roster move uh, with a key veteran. I think they need to go front court. Um, I think they're okay as far as the, the back court goes on the wing and things like that. Maybe they use a roster spot 
lot to bring back Jared Dudley and then bring in a big as well uh, to kind of handle behind um, Gasol and Howard or rotate into that mix. Maybe even a DeMarcus Cousins uh, comes to the Lakers and can kind of rotate in there. I think he would be a good fit there. So we'll see kind of what what happens but you get pretty much all of the veteran guys on good contracts you know Carmelo signs the one year 2.6 million dollar deal Ariza is one year 2.6 Bazemore one year 2.4 Ellington one year 2.6 Taylor Horton Tucker gets the three-year deal 32 million dollar contract you know keeps him there for the foreseeable future then you get um, none on a two-year deal uh, two years 12.5 million Malik Monk takes a one-year 1.79 million and then Dwight Howard gets the one year 2.6 million so obviously contracts you can move off of relatively easy if the fits aren't working come the trade deadline um, or as people like to speculate LeBron James isn't happy um, then you can easily obviously um, next up we have the Memphis Grizzlies and their action happened actually before the draft so they trade Jonas Valanciunas and they bring back Steven Adams and then they get Eric Bledsoe the rumor is that Eric Bledsoe will be moving elsewhere that actually came like minutes after uh, the the trade was kind of rumored to be happening by Chris Haynes and so it's interesting to kind of see what maybe will be in store uh, as the season goes um, you know or as the offseason goes and we get to training camp where Eric Bledsoe may end up because I don't see Eric Bledsoe fitting on this team either just with the collection of, of guards on the team but looking at the Grizzlies draft they get Zaire Williams, which is a project. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to see a ton of G League time, you know, just because of the the wings that they have on the team. They've got to be able to play. Uh, surprisingly, the 30th pick, they take Santi Alderman, which nobody saw coming. Um, not sure yet. I haven't heard anything if Alderman will be a draft and stash or not. Um, I think he could come over, just go ahead and get G League minutes. Um, not expected to play a ton anyway. Um, Sean McDermott is their two-way they brought back from last year i'm curious to see who's going to get that second two-way uh killian tilly was on the two-way last season um it's rumored he may get that two-way again this year also they made a trade they got sam merrill from milwaukee for grayson allen to kind of reduce some of that glut on the perimeter that allen was was kind of in the way of of desmond bain and and playing time for d'anthony melton on a consistent basis so that frees up some of that Sam Miro could move to a two-way contract potentially um, but I think Sam Miro is good enough to stick on the team on a on a regular contract but we'll see what happens um, projecting the Grizzlies I think they're going to be much improved this year I think they could be right there in the seven eight range again and um, really fight for a for a higher seed than that maybe just depending on how much improvement you get from John Morant Dylan Brooks showed flashes last year can you get a healthy Jaron Jackson Jackson Jr. all season. Can Brandon Clark improve? Um, I think with the injuries, kind of with the Clippers and, and Denver and, and things like that, maybe there's you know an opening for teams to climb up. And I think the Grizzlies are right there in that group. But point guard, I have John Moran, obviously. You know, he's their superstar. Tyus Jones backing him up. And then I have an asterisk with Eric Bledsoe kind of mixing in there ahead of Tyus Jones if he's not moved, but I have a pretty strong feeling he's going to be moved by training camp. And then Sam Miro slots in essentially if Bledsoe's moved as the third point guard for now. Uh, Dylan Brooks slots in at shooting guard. Uh, D'Anthony Melton's behind him. And then John Conchar is there as well. Small forward right now I have it as Kyle Anderson. I think just being a veteran, I think he can fit in there. Um, Played well last season. Desmond Bain backs him up and Desmond Bain can also play shooting guard so it'll be interesting to kind of see how they go about moving those lineups around to get guys playing time Zaire Williams um, like I said most of his playing time is going to be in the G League and then lastly Sean McDermott can alternate between shooting guard and small forward but I think he sees more minutes at small forward especially uh, with the Memphis Hustle in the G League. Power forward, Jaron Jackson Jr. obviously is there. I think his ability to stretch the floor 
um, works perfectly with Steven Adams down low. I think Steven Adams just didn't fit the team uh, in New Orleans last year, and I think he'll have a bounce back year this year. Brandon Clark is the backup to Jaron Jackson Jr. at power forward. You know, I like him as a guy that can, you know, get to the rim and has a little floater that can finish. I hope he's able to kind of stretch his range out a little more this season, improve there. And Santi Altima, like I said, plays mostly with the Memphis Hustle if he comes over this season. Steven Adams at center, uh, like I said, you know, rugged guy is going to be able to get you some rebounds, um, just toughness there. I think that's kind of what they need. Like I said, good mix with Jaron Jackson Jr. Xavier Tillman played very well last season, was a surprise uh, to many. Um, I think obviously he gets a ton of minutes this season, expands even more. I think he expands that corner three, uh, even more productive and and really has a breakout season. And, you know, I think that this Grizzlies team can just really do something um, in that six to eight range, definitely, um, as long as they can stay healthy. Next team up is the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat are interesting because they're in some hot water right now because they basically made the deal for Kyle Lowry, uh, sign and trade, and all the details popped out pretty fast in free agency. And the NBA is looking at with something else, you know, going on, which more than likely it was. But at this point, who cares? All these deals get agreed to ahead of time. Agents do favors for players and like all that, you know, front offices and everything that are involved. It's just how it goes. But technically you can't do that. So the NBA is going to crack down on, you know, whether it's Miami, Toronto, those teams, um, as well as Chicago with the Lonzo Ball deal. So we'll see what happens. But Kyle Lowry comes over. Then he signs a three-year, $85 million deal. I like it for for Lowry. Miami, um, I like it just because he's a veteran, knows how to win, obviously NBA champion, is good friends with Jimmy Butler. They both have that dog mentality. And I think with Kyle Lowry, it's going to put them a tier above what they were previously. Not above Milwaukee and Brooklyn, but they'll be right behind them. Um, very competitive. Duncan Robinson came back five-year, ninety million dollar deal for anybody that's listening that has kids go get them out in the gym or out in the driveway whatever and get them shooting the ball because if Duncan Robinson got five years 90 million dollars it pretty much gives hope to anybody that's a shooter um, that can get that I love Duncan Robinson's game he's really really worked hard so I'm not knocking Duncan Robinson but I just I think he's an inspiration to anybody that wants to be a shooter that goes undrafted everybody counts out I think he's that inspiration that you know kids should look at and say hey he made it i have a chance to um max Struess and gabe vincent who were on two ways last year come back they both signed two-year deals both for 3.4 million dollars i like those there because they're good deaf pieces they know the miami system they can play in a pinch and both showed flashes last season that they're capable players um P.J. Tucker comes in. He was a surprise. I thought he was going back to Milwaukee. He comes to man the power forward spot. Two-year, $14.3 million deal. P.J. Tucker, to me, is a starter. Backing him up will be another free agent signing in Markeith Morris. One-year, $2.6 million deal. I like that just because Tucker gives you the toughness in this starting lineup. Can shoot the corner three. Uh, struggling in the playoffs, but I think he can shoot it. He'll go back to form. Um, I think he had a little bit of an injury not many people knew about in the playoffs, and that's why his shooting was off. But then Morris provides an offensive spark as well off the bench. They also brought back Dwayne Dedman to to man the backup center spot. One year, $2.4 million deal. I like that just because Dedman showed that he's still got you know some skills. Last season, very reliable veteran. Victor Oladipo, although he's injured, if he can get healthy, he slots in as the backup point guard behind Lowry, can kind of resurrect his value. He comes back on a one-year, $2.4 million deal. Um, because of the injury, I think he's out till January. But if he can come back fully, fully healthy by the All-Star break and give them a spark in the second half of the season and then come playoff time, that's a win in my book. Lastly, Omer Yurtsevin. You know, center signed late last season, didn't play, um, has really torn it up in in the summer league. And yes, I know it's summer league, but he showed flashes. You know, 
basically all throughout you know the the summer league that makes me think that he's a capable big with high potential that could actually get decent minutes you know for the NBA team this year you know and in the rotation too uh two year three point two five million dollar deal um i like that you know for for him right now he's slotted in as the third center but i think he can easily climb um if deadman struggles or they want to go younger and rest deadman and then i think they bring back they haven't announced anything but i think they bring back udonis haslam for one more season you kind of have to uh with the way the team is just one more run for him um and then just kind of fleshing out the the depth chart right now miami still got some moves to make so this is an incomplete depth chart i think there's you know two two to three more key moves that they make um to shore up the roster with some more veterans but uh kyle lowry's at point guard backed up by gabe vincent and then oladipo's hurt but oladipo will essentially take the backup spot once he's fully healthy duncan robinson's on at the shooting guard spot backed up by tyler hero this is a big season for hero um he has to prove the doubters wrong that he can look like tyler hero from the bubble rather than the tyler hero that struggled last season the rumors of the off the court unhappiness um you know for the miami heat they don't like what he's doing off the court so we'll see if he kind of tones some of that down and just focuses a little more uh right now i have max Struess as the third shooting guard but essentially he could slide in at backup small forward as well but i have him slotted in as the third shooting guard uh jimmy butler is at small forward jimmy's going to play a ton of minutes per usual um and then casey akpala kind of backs him up and shifts over the power forward spot as well. Um, I think he's versatile enough to do both and played both last season. Uh, I mentioned earlier Tucker and Morris are your power forwards. Bam Adebayo is your center backed up by Dwayne Dedman, which then I said backed up by Omar Yurtsevin. Uh, so that's a good you know combo there. I think they're going to get one more wing and one more uh you know possibly they could go with another big um we'll see kind of what they do um as far as that goes but they need at least another big another wing and probably if it was me just because of the oladipo thing i would say go get one more uh backup point guard just as a little bit better veteran uh to piece in there but i like miami Uh, i think they they have a good chance to like I said, climb up to that third spot next season. The Milwaukee Bucks, they um, are interesting. Obviously, NBA champions, they kind of retooled their roster. They knew they were going to end up probably losing Bryn Forbes. I don't think they they anticipated losing P.J. Tucker. But then they go out and they get Rodney Hood for another perimeter guy um, to help you with scoring. One year, $2.25 million or $2.24 million. Um, there. They bring back George Hill as a veteran point guard. Two-year, $8 million deal. Uh, he comes over after being waived from Philadelphia. They get um, power forward slash wing depth in Semi Ojale. Can shoot a little bit. Very strong. $1.8 million for him. They bring back Bobby Portis, which I really, really like because Portis showed high value. He signed more for a discount here than he could have made elsewhere. Two-year, $8.9 million really like that value for the team um, and kind of how I see the depth chart shaping up for them. So you've got Drew Holiday at point guard. Um, you've got George Hill backing him up. And then I've got Elijah Bryant um, who sprinkled in at point guard and shooting guard last season. He is going to be the third string point guard, I think. And then shooting guard where is where it gets a little murky for me because I don't know the health of Dante DiVincenzo. They did trade, like I mentioned earlier when I was highlighting the Grizzlies, they traded for Grayson Allen. So Allen could step in. Rodney Hood is a shooting guard. So I have all three of them, DiVincenzo, Allen, and Hood as your shooting guard options. Small forward, Chris Middleton is there again. Um, Really, really did well in the playoffs. Hope he can build on that going into next season. Pat Connaughton uh, backing him up. Jordan Awara, fresh off the Olympics, um, showed flashes as a scorer last season in very limited minutes. Lastly, at small forward, uh, they have Georgios Kalidzakis. I don't know if they bring him over or not. I think, obviously, being a project kind of wing i think that they may take a chance he could take one of the two-way spots um and and come over next season obviously not going to play a lot 
power forward. Giannis is there, of course. And then backing him up, I have Semi Ojale. And then who's intriguing for me is Sandro Mamakalashvili um, on the two-way um, I just like kind of what his game is. He can stretch the floor, score inside as well. Um, so I think he's a good, you know, kind of not, I wouldn't say a project, but a guy that's going to play in the G League that they could sprinkle in minutes. Kind of, kind of like what they did with Diakate last year, um, but maybe play a little bit more. Um, center spot, Brooke Lopez backed up by Bobby Portis. And then Diakate, as I just mentioned, will occupy the third string spot um, as he looks to kind of build on, on last year's um, kind of production. The Milwaukee Bucks, to me, are right there. I think, even though they won the NBA championship, I think they're one step behind a healthy Brooklyn Nets team. But as we saw with the playoffs this year, it's all about health. And when you get to that time of the year, it's, you know, basically how much depth are you going to have on your team? And with Milwaukee, I like the depth that they were able to kind of provide this year. Um, I do think they need one more strong power forward option um, to go behind Giannis. It's rumored that the Nasus, you know, Giannis's brother is going to come back. That's fine. But I think at this point, they really need a veteran to be able to stretch the floor. I know they have Semi Ojale, but I don't trust Semi Ojale in a playoff game. Um, but we'll see kind of what happens there uh, with Milwaukee in that power forward spot as we get closer to training camp and more of the signings are, you know, gonna gonna happen because there's still roster spots out there. There's just not a ton of money out there for for teams. So we'll see what happens. But um, next up is the Minnesota Timberwolves, and so far the Timberwolves have been quiet in free agency and they made a trade they get Torian Prince from the Cavaliers they move off of Ricky Rubio um, that's understandable because they wanted D'Angelo Russell to play more you've got Leandro Balmero coming over uh, that can handle the ball can play all three positions from point guard to small forward um, so he's hasn't signed officially yet but I think he's going to definitely come over and uh, play a good bit so we'll see what happens there but they bring in Torian Prince I think Torian Prince gets moved again just because of the depth on this team he does fit a need as a stretch big but you know based on kind of the rumor is that they're looking at Laurie Markkinen and some other options as far as the power forward spot they want to make a deal they want to kind of shore up that spot uh, next to Carl Anthony Towns but looking at the depth chart for them D'Angelo Russell obviously slots in a point guard they need a backup I don't know if um, Jordan uh, McLaughlin comes back on a you know on a standard deal obviously it was a two-way last year I don't know if they look to upgrade that spot a little bit more than than McLaughlin but we'll see what happens um, as far as that scenario and then they bring in McKinley Wright the fourth on a two-way he was undrafted um, specifically looked for an opportunity to get a two-way and landed it with Minnesota he's not going to play a ton it'll be G League time they'll kind of develop him there shooting guard I've got Malik Beasley fitting in there obviously can score can shoot it really really well Balmero backs him up and then Jalen Noel uh, who did good last season um, and spot minutes he again will slide in as the third string shooting guard Anthony Edwards occupies the small forward spot and then Josh Akogi is going to back him up I think Akogi could switch between shooting guard and small forward along with Balmero so just depending on how you like to put each of them they can kind of flip flop as far as who they're the backup of specifically on the depth chart and then Jarrett Culver hopefully he can resurrect his value this upcoming season because it's it's pretty bottomed out right now um nobody really wants to trade for him and then the timberwolves made him available uh in trade discussions but couldn't find any takers next up the power forward spot i think Jaden mcdaniels has that uh on lock right now they do have jared vanderbilt as a free agent i think they'll look to bring back vanderbilt maybe even could do vanderbilt and a sign and trade with chicago and get markinen from chicago um and then see what happens with that torian prince backs up mcdaniels right now juan hernan gomez who's coming off a shoulder injury in the olympics is the third string and then jake layman can alternate between small forward and power forward um as well so they have him there for depth carl anthony towns is gonna look for a healthy bounce back season get him to an all-star caliber big again 
uh, Nas Reed is looking to build on success in the past and, and have a more carved out role, can shoot the three, can bang inside, can rebound a little bit. So Nas Reed is one that uh, could keep an eye on as far as the season goes. And he can play next to Carthony Towns if need be. So I'll be curious to see how, how much improvement we see out of Nas Reed and how that translates to actual playing time. So that's Minnesota. They've still, like I said, got some moves to make because they need to get a backup point guard. They really need a better option as a backup small forward. They need to figure out another veteran center and then somehow, some way, get an upgrade at the power forward spot and see what they can do um, as far as that goes. Next up's the New Orleans Pelicans. And the Pelicans, I was highly disappointed on what they did this offseason. So they basically signed and traded Lonzo Ball. And the return was Garrett Temple, who's a good veteran, and Tomas Sadoransky, who's also another good veteran. I don't know that I'm enamored with that as your haul coming back. Um, you know, they're short on bigs right now, but looking at what they did in the draft, they get a shooter in Trey Murphy. Um, Herb Jones is a good, versatile defender who they also got in the 2021 NBA draft. So those guys are good for the wing. Um, Jose Alvarado out of Georgia Tech comes in. Heady point guard, you know, is going to see obviously substantial minutes in the G League and play, but good flyer there on him. Um, they also do a sign and trade and get Devontae Graham. They ended up moving uh, Wes Omundu in that deal. Um, essentially, kind of how I have the depth chart made out right now, it's incomplete because they need you know another wing guy. They need at least one more big. Uh, Devontae Graham starts at point guard. Tomas Sadoransky is essentially the sixth man. And then you've got Kira Lewis. Um, I actually have been thinking about moving um, Graham essentially over to the shooting guard spot. Um, so that way Kira Lewis can play a good bit more because I know David Griffin was wanting to get him and Nikhil Alexander Walker a ton of minutes. Um, and then Jose Alvarado wraps it up at the point guard spot. Shooting guard essentially it's Nikhil Alexander Walker and then you've got Garrett Temple uh, backing him up. And then Didi Lozada, who showed flashes last year after coming over from Australia. He'll be slotted in as the third string and sprinkled into some playing time as needed. The small forward spot, Brandon Ingram comes back. And Brandon Ingram's going to be looking to essentially, I think, bounce back. But I don't know that he was that bad that he needs to bounce back from, from a poor year. But, you know, I think it was underwhelming compared to the year before he had. Um Trey Murphy, like I said, is going to be a guy that scores in bunches. Herb Jones, um, versatile guy, good defender there. Zion slots in at power forward. And then I slotted in Najee Marshall kind of into that power forward spot because I was running out of spaces for uh, teams and just kind of how they constructed the roster so far. But the Pelicans have a few moves to make as well, so they're not done. Uh, the center spot, I mentioned earlier, they move off of Steven Adams and they gain Jonas Valanciunas. Valanciunas is able to bang inside. Doesn't play good defense, but bangs inside. Can stretch the floor if need be, but I like that he's able to score inside can kind of get over guys and things like that and you hand the ball to basically Devontae Graham and, and off you go. Uh, Jackson Hayes and Billiona Gomez are the backup centers. I think with Hayes, he's going to be looking to really boost his points per game this year, and I think he's capable of it. And then Hernan Gomez is just there for big man insurance. Scores well, but does not defend well. Last but not least on this episode is the New York Knicks. So the Knicks, let's go back to the draft real quick. So the Knicks end up you know kind of moving out of their picks everybody's like what's going on we don't we don't like this you know what are we going to do here they end up with quentin grimes and miles mcbride and then jericho sims in the draft all three of those guys will probably not play big minutes for the knicks at all um, barring an, a major injury so look for them to be in the g league with westchester and producing there and then brought up as needed um as the season goes on but uh the big news is they end up with Evan Fournier and some people were happy with it because the Knicks needed a shooter but then others were saying it was an overpay. They paid four years $78 million for him. He's really going to have to shoot it well. Uh, He had a good Olympics so hopefully that carries over to uh, coming back for the Knicks. They also bring back Alex Burks 
A three-year, $30 million deal. That's a steal because he's a scorer off the bench. Taj Gibson comes back one-year, $2.6 million deal. And then Nerland's Noel, three years, $32 million. I think he's a starting center. They bring back Derrick Rose, three years, $43 million. And then last but not least, they get Kemba Walker finally after years of trying via a buyout. Um, and then they pay his contract two years and $16 million. So interesting enough, the team is built around um, you know quality veterans with some young people sprinkled in. I really like what they did this offseason. So point guard to me would end up being Kimba Walker, Derek Rose, Luca Vildoza if they keep him. He hasn't he didn't look great in limited minutes last night for the summer league and he didn't look great in the Olympics either. So we'll see if he sticks or not. Uh Miles McBride backs them up. McBride is more of a combo guy, a two and a one. So I think they'll try to develop him as a one um in the G League and see what he can do. Uh shooting guard is Evan Fournier, backed up by Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes. Fournier obviously can shoot the lights out. Quickly is okay. Okay, he's just got to worry about turnovers and change of position. And then with small forward, I have RJ Barrett, who's going to look to take even more of a leap next season, backed up by, you know, scoring off the bench of Alex Burks. And then Kevin Knox is slotted in there as a third string, won't see a lot of time uh, at all. And then Julius Randle signed the big extension. Now it's time to prove it. Can you take New York to the second round? Can you take them to the conference, you know, finals? Can you do it and be a leader? Uh, We'll see. Next season kind of starts that process. I think within two years, their goal needs to be conference finals and really make a push to get guys in there that want to do that. Obi Toppin showed flashes last year in the G League and some sprinkled in NBA minutes as well as this year's G League, but nothing too special that I think he's going to be able to play major minutes. Maybe, you know, 12 minutes a game or so. Um, I could see that. And then last but not least, like I mentioned, Nerlens Noel to me starts at center because Mitchell Robinson is brought back, but Mitchell Robinson has a foul trouble. And so it keeps him fresh off the bench. You have Noel, who's a veteran, knows what spots to be in, knows how to rebound knows how to rim defend and then lastly Taj Gibson returns on another deal Um, Tom Thibodeau favorite is going to be there as a a secondary coach I think and then you're going to see him sprinkle on the floor just a little bit uh, as they need that veteran leadership so hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the three for the win NBA podcast and just a housekeeping note um, for anybody that didn't see on Twitter I had to switch over from the hosting platform that I was using because it was losing episodes and it was not uploading certain episodes and just giving me trouble all around so I uploaded to um, anchor podcasts and really have enjoyed that so far it's an easy layout and then once I get it all finished um, as far as like banners and things like that I'll show off the site but I feel like right now it's good enough with the out offseason kind of outlooks and recaps of teams that that's enough for um, for content right now on anchor for the podcast but I think that moving forward um, the podcast at least from what it says on anchor is going to be available on Apple Podcasts Spotify anchor itself and a couple other platforms so I'm happy about that because now I do gain Spotify for those that don't want to use Apple Podcasts or, you know, whatever the case may be. So look out for episode three of the uh, of the offseason outlooks. And I'll be diving into um, the Oklahoma City Thunder through the Washington Wizards in episode three. That's going to come tomorrow late morning. So keep an eye out for that. As always, please subscribe. Please tell a few friends. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the 3 for the Win NBA podcast.